0: I'm Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for July the 21st, episode 2729. Good morning, Horse World. Well, thank you for joining us, everybody. As you know, we are off this week. Jamie's on vacation, and Jennifer and I are getting prepared for the big road show, which is coming up in a week. We're about 10 days out from leaving, and we do have our first meetup coming up this Saturday here at the farm in Ocala at the HRN studio. So if you want to join us here, please go to Horses in the Morning, scroll down the page, and you'll see the Facebook announcement for it. And I'll repost that today as well. And you can RSVP, come on over here to the farm, meet Scooter, meet Nigel, meet some fellow listeners and some friends of ours have a little barbecue, and just have a good time. So we're looking forward to having everybody here this Saturday, and that's a week before we leave. Then we leave a week from Saturday on our five-week adventure. You can find all the details about that. Just go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the banner at the top of the page. But for today, we have a revisit, a best-of episode for you. went back in time to 2018 ...to an episode we did uh, with Dr. Siemens on colic. Dr. Siemens talked to us about colic. We talked a little bit about horse travels with one of our terrific listeners. We had a product review and a crappy list Wednesday all about the crap you have in your car. And we, we know, I know, that we're talking about you the horse girl with all the crap in the car, because I know I've seen a lot of them. So we're going to bring you that episode here shortly, and then we'll have some more best ofs for you the rest of the week. Next week, we'll be here all week. Getting prepared for a big trip, but Jamie will be here all week next week, and we'll have a full week of programming for you then. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy this best of, which is brought to you by Stateline Tech. Head on over to Stateline Tech right now for a ton of different deals they have going on, but I did notice I was on there today, and they are having a horsewear summer sale with Rambo, Amigo, Rhino blankets. Uh, they also have Shoe fly leggings on there right now priced at $43, and, of course, fly sprays. They still have their bargain base bargain, or their barn, I cannot say this, their barn bargains uh, going on right now, where you can find deals and all kinds of stuff with their barn bargains. Uh, what's left? You have to get on over there and see if they have your size or color left. But we appreciate State Line support. You can find them at statelinetac.com. Check it out today. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on Horses in the Morning, the world's leading podcast for the horse world. And is there one person in the world that every time they ride their horse, it makes national and international news?
3: It's weird. I mean, I don't know why people are so obsessed with me, but it's just, (laughs) wait, wait, no, no, it was not me. I missed that
0: article (laughs) for some reason. But (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Every time the queen rides a horse... There are articles all over the British newspapers. <laughs> I love just it. It's crazy. I love it. But now she is 92. Um, so, you know, I hope that when we're both 92, that we can... At le- I hope to be sitting in the carriage and at least be able to sit there upright at 92. Um, but... She rode, and what what is even crazier is remember the Duke had a hip replacement? Her husband, the Duke of Edinburgh, had a hip replacement, Prince Philip. Well, he, he went out in his first time driving a carriage. He drove a pair uh, yesterday. So they both went out and they both uh, went around Windsor Castle, and she rode. And when you see pictures of her riding, she is never walking, she's always at a trot, uh, and she's always in a two point. Kind of in a two-point. So
3: that's... You know, it's just like you and Jen. Like you drive your pony and she rides her horse. It's like the parallels are amazing how similar you are to the Queen. We are and the Duke. a little
0: younger, about half that age though. <laughs> and
3: just younger. about half as wealthy.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I mean it does. It is so crazy. And they always talk about in the British newspapers, anytime they talk about the royals, they talk about what they're wearing and how much it costs. Yes. Yeah, really? Yes. If you watch about any of them, they're going around the world. You know, uh, the happy couple was just in Australia and they were talking about everything she wore every day and what it costs. It's crazy. But anyway.
3: I'm sorry. I love her and I love that she still rides and she 92. still has race horses and, and, and Monty still trains for her. I mean, that's like, what a pair. She's 92, he's 83, and they're out there <laughs> working horses. Like, what? What, what are you guys having for cereal in the morning? I want some of that.
0: And by the way, talk about a well-trained pony. You guarantee you those fell ponies she rides are well-trained. <laughs> they're, they're well-trained ponies. But That's yeah, amazing. so uh, can, good job for, for them being able to do it. Again, I hope I'm upright in my 90s. Or still here, even. <laughs> Jimmy, what's coming up on today's show?
2: <laughs> Jamie, I just want to point out, if they're half as wealthy as the Queen and the Duke, we are grotesquely underpaid. Yeah,
0: yeah you are, <laughs> actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> anyway,
2: <laughs> on today's show, in our Horse Health Report, guest Dr. Siemens joins in to share some information on colic. We catch up with Auditor Jessica and hear an update on her travels around the country and rock climbing in Greece. Plus, we have a product review featuring Auditor Chelsea, so you don't want to miss any of it. It's a packed show, as always, today, guys. We also bring you list Wednesday about all the crap you guys keep in your car. And to back it up, speaking of today, today is a day that both of you guys will love. Jamie, for you, it is National Eating Healthy Day. And for you, Glenn, it's National Bittersweet Chocolate with Almonds Day. So enjoy Yay! your day,
0: Yay! She made us both um, happy today. Almonds are healthy though, <laughs> except when you add the chocolate. But uh, cho- dark chocolate's supposed to be good for you. So
3: yeah, you know they say red wine <laughs> is good for you too. So I'm all on board. If I drink a bottle a night,
0: <laughs> we agreed on something to eat. <laughs> finally, after eight me. years. Thank you, Jemmy. Chocolate and
3: wine. You're going to live forever. That's what the Queen has. Write that down.
0: Jimmy <laughs> <laughs> you are a uniter. You bring people together. It's amazing. <laughs>
2: I try. It's the day after the election. We all have to (laughs)
0: go Thank you. (laughs) All right. uh, My daily Winnie goes to us here at Horses in the Morning. And I'll tell you why. And I haven't told Jamie this yet either. So I've continued my search around everybody I know that knows anything about podcasting, all the bigwigs in the podcasting world, asking, are there any other daily shows that have gone for eight years without interruption? So far, I've not found any. And they don't know of any. So it very well may be that we are the longest running daily podcast in the world.
3: Is that for real? Is that a thing really? Yes.
0: We are there
3: other people that do daily shows. Yes,
0: but they've never lasted. That's the thing. They always go away after a couple years. Don John Lee Dumas started a daily show before us, right, Jimmy? I mean, he would have been ten years ago. But a couple years ago, yeah. he went back to doing twice a week instead of daily. So he was mm-hmm. the longest one that anybody could come up with. And Now, there might be one and out there.
2: People who do, yeah, there's some people who do a radio show and then repackage that as a podcast every day, but that doesn't
0: count. No, that doesn't count. They make oh, much you. more money than we do, <laughs> so I don't count that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we might be the longest-running daily podcast in the world, and I'm, I'm continuing to look so that we can officially call ourselves that because how cool is that? That's
3: awesome. That's amazing. Yes. That's amazing. Well, g- kudos to you because I, I'm the one who decided to go to three days a week. So good job. You were the one who was smart enough to keep it going on Tuesday and Thursday.
0: Well, I I, I needed the money, so there. Because <laughs> <laughs> I am not half as wealthy as the Queen. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right, Glenn, if you will please go to Horses in the Morning Facebook page. There's a photo all right, all right of right dear sweet Charlie who bought Thor, my my young student, who now is the proud mama of Thor, um, went to go groom him yesterday. Where do they live? Mama's, they live in Arizona.
0: Oh, okay. Ah! Thor. Mm. Okay, that'd be it. I'd be out forever. <laughs> I'm gone. I am not coming back.
3: She went to get her grooming supplies Holy and crap. describe what is in her grooming
0: pail. She uses a bucket. I think that's a that's a rattlesnake, isn't it? Is Actually, it, a... it looks like a rattlesnake. It ended
3: up being a gopher snake.
0: Ugh. Um, it's yeah. in the grooming bucket, though. You and who looks in their grooming bucket? We just reach in and grab the curry comb.
3: Yeah, look in your grooming bucket from now on, people, because there is a ginormous snake in Charlie's
1: bucket. Oh, my
3: gosh. Oh my so her mom texts me this, and she's like, oh, my God. You look at what was in Charlie. Blah, 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 blah. And apparently Charlie was like, who's nine, looks in it and was like, oh, that's really – that's cool. Hold my horse, Mom. I'm going to get the snake out. <laughs> oh, she's like – I'll hold the horse. Give me the horse. Give me the horse. I'll take the horse. Don't give me the bucket. I'll give me the horse. And she picked that up and carried it without seeing it until she set it down by the wash rack. I mean, if that was a rattlesnake, that oh, could yeah. have gone up and grabbed her hand. Oh my God. There's so many things that could happen that would have been terrible. So um yeah. Hey kids. Make sure you'll look in your grooming bucket before, because, again, this is a picture that's now posted on Horses in the Morning Facebook page, and it is of Charlie's grooming bucket, and there's a giant snake wrapped around a
0: brush. I like the couple comments we've gotten so far. <laughs> Hillary says it's a danger noodle, and <laughs> Kathleen says it's a nope rope. <laughs> that's a nope rope, for sure. <laughs> You know, we, in living in Florida, we have learned to look in things before you reach in things because Florida mm-hmm. has the strangest, biggest bugs and critters you've ever seen. So yeah. we are careful here in Florida what we, and you know, most of them aren't going to kill you, but some are. Now in Arizona, you have to worry about scorpions and stuff that, will, you know, will scorpions, ruin your day. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah,
3: scorpions, black, what we had a problem with was scorpions, black widows, and rattlesnakes. Black widows scare and-
0: me because they're just freaky.
3: Well, there's just all those things. It's just Arizona is meant to kill you. All the plants have spikes. All of the animals will murder you. Like, there's just no reason to live. Nobody would live there if there was no power. That's my whole <laughs> point Like that you would die in minutes. Well, like, nobody did live
0: there before they figured out how to steal water from California. Um.
3: Oh yeah, Colorado, California, (laughs) all those places. I mean, that's the only way you can do it for sure. Uh, So I I just think that there's no good reason why you should live in Arizona except for this amazing winter that they're that you're now now. missing.
0: By the way, are you uh, cold?
3: (sighs) (laughs) Me, let me tell you something. It has been. About a high of fifty-five, and I'm okay. Like I got a fleece on, I'm cool outside with that. It's apparently dropping down to like twenty-seven tomorrow night, and that's not okay <laughs> with me. And my horses. Did you are have movies. to go shopping? Uh, you know what? Clothes. I would go shopping if I had room for anything in my bloody <laughs> thousand square foot home. My God. Anyway, yeah. Um. No, I just um. I have lots of fleeces.
0: Well, I, we'll I am intentionally for the next couple of weeks, pick p- picking the product reviews that are about winter products. And I'm doing that for you because for the first time in 10 years, you're going to have to shop for winter products. So, oh, you
3: know what I did buy from our, one of our auditors uh, posted um, We have this audit HRN auditors, tech sale page, and they posted on it winter breeches and I bought them. I did. I forgot. <laughs> They're like snow pants with
0: full seats. <laughs> Full seat snow pants. And now they can say that the famous Jamie Jennings is now riding in their pants.
3: I'm riding in their pants. And that's that's not famous. I'm just cold.
0: (laughs) All right. Let's go to our first guest. Let's talk a little vet stuff. How about that? Uh,
4: All right. It's time for the Horses in the Morning Horse Health Report. When our intrepid hosts, together with an unlucky member of the equine veterinary trade, attempt to inform, enlighten, or terrify... Horse owners everywhere into funding a Kickstarter campaign to mass-produce Kevlar-coated, bubble wrap-lined equine products.
3: And we have one of our our favorite veterinarians on the planet on the show today, Dr. Siemens. Good morning.
5: Good morning. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much for calling me back. I don't know why you guys keep calling me back, and I guess here in a few minutes, the rest of our audience will understand that as well. But <laughs> I guess. Uh, I guess. One of of us drew the short straw. We'll decide who that was later, I suppose.
3: You know what? By God, you keep answering the phone, so that's why we... (laughs) Yeah.
0: You're the only one that's answering, Dr. Siemens. You're it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Now, you're up in, in, uh, let's see, Idaho, right?
5: Idaho, yeah.
3: All right. How's the weather?
5: It is wonderful. So, But come come to visit. Don't bring a U-Haul. We are full, okay? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, this is a this is a, this is a great time of year to be in Idaho. Where's uh we we, we ride a, a fair amount out on the Hawaii front, which is high desert, and uh, but there's there's some deep canyons with granite spires in there that will rival Yosemite and some other places. It is a, an amazing place to live. So we're uh, we're sure happy to be here.
3: Well, I was going to ask too with the the I'm sure you guys are getting some cold and that's why we're going to talk a little bit about colic. And my impression that every time that the temperature changes, you know, a sensitive horse may have some colic symptoms, but you are going to talk to us a lot about the mythology of, of uh, colic. So let's, let's hear what you have.
5: All right. There's, well, you know, just when you're talking about horses in general, there's, there's an awful lot of mythology that just gets set in stone. You know, something happened one time, you know, 200 years ago and right now that's, considered you know the reality and uh, there's there's a lot of stuff that that we we know now about colic we didn't know 30 years ago but you know at the end of the day you know colic is a set of symptoms it's not a specific disease and it is it is the number one killer of horses and so that's a little bit scary but when you consider that over 95 percent of all colic cases survive then it's not nearly so frightening as as it would appear uh the i I have a textbook in my library that was printed in eighteen ninety seven and uh with the exception of a few terms of it reads pretty much like something that was written this year as far as colic is concerned we we treat them really?
1: yeah
5: we we can do surgeries now that we couldn't do hundred years ago but but even the success of many colic surgeries is 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 not what we would like so uh, you know let's let's just let's start talking a little bit about what it is and what it isn't. And we know we know now what at least some of the risk factors are. Uh, we know from some elegant uh, uh, statistical studies that Noel Cohen did at Texas a and uh, 20 years ago, uh, what the risk factors are. We know that the greatest risk factor is a sudden change in hay. And so what that means is if that hay is new to your premises, even if you bought it from the same place, the same feed the same everything, if it's new to your premises, uh, horses 3.2 times more likely to colic in the next 72 hours than he would have been otherwise. Now, a bunch of this is uh, some uh, statistical scientific mumbo jumbo, but bottom line is that that was shown to be to put horses at risk more than any other factor. And so the other two factors are dentistry and parasite load. And we got to understand that there's there are some regional restrictions to these as well. Like for example, horses in Idaho, horses in the northern states. The weather here is so bad, winter and summer, that we don't have parasite loads that that, that go from season to season. Horses that come in from out of the state uh, can bring parasites with them, but uh, but eggs and larvae don't survive well in our climate. So that's an issue that we don't have to deal with up here, but that people in Florida, for example, would because... You guys live in a petri dish. I mean, everything known to man. Lots of <laughs> yes, things that aren't man live in Florida along the Gulf Coast, Louisiana, you know, Southeast Texas, where I'm from. Uh, so you know, you've got those things to consider. And then the third one is dentistry. And so that's why I think it's a good it's a good idea to have an equine veterinarian on your team when we're we're looking at preventive medicine. And so the things that we can do to prevent having a colicky episode in your in your horse or in your herd. Is to is to have a smooth transition between feeds, and so when you're don't wait until you're sweeping the floor, uh, you know scraping up the last little bits of, of hay to feed old buck before you go buy a new bale. Uh, go ahead and just transition that old bale with a new bale for the first couple or three days. That's pretty easy to do, and it's uh you know it's it's pretty forgiving if you think about it. I mean, how many times have you been down to your last bale and then chunked a new flake over the? over the fence to old buck and he never had a problem. So I'm not saying that that's critical. I'm not saying that, you know, if you don't do this, everybody's going to die, but that's just one of the things that has been shown to be a risk factor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: Now, how does dentistry play into colic?
5: Well, we know that, that, uh, according to Cohen's work, we know that horses that had dental problems were, were more likely to colic than horses that did not. And so if you think about it, uh, a lot of things goes back, a lot of things about, about longevity and health in horses goes back to nutrition. And so as long as they get enough to eat and they can assimilate those feeds, then they will survive. And so that assimilation is, is due primarily to their ability to chew up stuff. And so our understanding about dentistry has changed dramatically over the last 30 years. Uh, I received, when I was in vet school, when the earth's surface was still cooling, we, uh, we received 45 uninterrupted minutes from the entire course of equine dentistry, 45 whole minutes. I mean, you walk away from that thinking it's easy to do and it's not very important and neither one of those. is true. And in then, and then all of the 50 states, you have to be a licensed veterinarian or you have to be under the direct supervision of a licensed veterinarian to perform dental procedures on horses. And the reason for this is it's quite complicated. There was a time where you could just take, you know, your barrier would just take a hoof rasp and knock off some high points and call it good. Uh, we know that, that the dental health is much more complicated than that. And so that's why I recommend doing dental exams on horses every year. When I vaccinate horses every year, I will, I will do a, a dental exam with a speculum so I can reach my end and then feel all of their teeth. And that's uh, that's a, I think that is a, a part, a large part, that and parasite control is a large part of why horses are living longer now. When I was, you know, I've been in horse business for 50 years. And what sounds funny to even say that out loud, because I, I look that old, that's for sure. But, uh, <laughs> interesting when you think about it. But anyway, I digress. When I, was, when I was first, you know, messing with horses, a 20-year-old horse was ancient. I, I, have, I have a lot of patients right now that are competing on a high level, well into their 20s and it's not uncommon for me to have a patient that's in his early 30s and i think Mm -hmm. a a big chunk of that is because of nutrition and that nutrition is because we understand how to take care of teeth and we understand what parasites do and so if we can if we can control our parasite population which we're going to get to that in just a second and if we can take care of the horse's teeth then uh these guys are going to live a long time there was really really uh anthropologic studies of the anasazi indians who had the cliff dwellings and all that back in the, well, between about 700 and 1100 AD in the Four Corners area. And, then, and from some skeletal remains, they, they noted that most of these people didn't live well into their 30s. And the reason was because they lived, a lot of them lived on cornmeal that was ground up with sandstone. So they were getting, you know, some corn and some sand, and it was actually grinding their teeth down, and they were dying from dental disease. So, you know, we can extrapolate that over into our horse population and realize that if they can't eat, they don't survive.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. I I was cantering around in the pasture bareback yesterday on my 24-year-old. So I I love the seniors and making them comfortable and and doing the things that it takes to take care of an older horse, um, parasites being one of them. But, you know, I wanted to go back to your comment about dentistry. Here in Oklahoma, I have learned that veterinarians are few and far between that actually do dentals. I may call two different places, and basically what they do is the vet will come to your house, do a dental exam, and sell you sedation. And then you have to call the dentist who then comes out afterwards, takes that sedation, Plugs it into your horse's jugular vein, sedates your horse, and then floats the teeth. Apparently, there's some law here in Oklahoma that it is not necessary to be under the supervision of a of a of a dentist of a veterinarian. And so, I was like, "This that, that's not okay with me uh, at all." So I finally found somebody who's coming out next Tuesday who is an equine dentist and veterinarian and acupuncturist. And uh, I found a unicorn of a vet here in Oklahoma. So we'll see how that goes. There but you th- go. I was super surprised about that.
5: Well, um, we, we've been fighting this battle for a long time and uh, I, I have a real problem, a real ethical problem with, with veterinarians that, that would do what you said that your vet just did. Uh, the The challenge here is, is that, a lot of these lay dentists will go to a, to a course someplace. And most of these courses are actually taught by, uh, by outfits that sell dental equipment. And so they will go, we have one here in Idaho and they will go to this little, little dental course. And it, it can take, I don't know, I think some of these are like six or eight weeks and, uh, they'll teach people how to float teeth. Uh, it's a bit more complicated than just sticking a rasp in there. Uh, the other problem is that, you know, you have to have a BEA number and a license to sedate horses. Uh, there's there's all kinds of issues, and we're we're still fighting that in the state house. And, and lots of uh, legislations uh, have been proposed to to allow we call them lay dentists uh, to perform their trade, and uh, it, it it opens up a whole can of worms here. Uh, not none the least of which is is malpractice insurance. And so, if you have somebody that's not a licensed veterinarian and he messes up your horse. Uh, you have no recourse. I mean, you take them to small claims court, but you don't have to pay. So, whereas if you if you're dealing with a licensed veterinarian, that's that's that that's we have we carry malpractice insurance. You're covered. You're protected in a way that you won't be if you use a non-licensed uh, individual. So, we're uh, we're seeing a lot of this in our profession, and and uh, I I have a problem with it. I don't I don't know the simple solution. Uh, we're we're working on it, but I would just encourage everybody to to keep looking for a veterinarian, and, and you can log on to the American Association of Equine Practitioners website and plug in to find a vet, and you will actually get directed to a veterinarian in your area, and you, you can just ask them straight up, do you do do dentals, and you'll you'll be amazed. Uh, most of us do dentistry, some of us do not, uh, but there, you will you will more than likely be able to find somebody in your area that is. That is and, and does.
0: I got so, Doctor Siemens, Let's get back to colic. Um, so I found my horse with colic. What are some of the things that you see that are the old wives' tales about what I do now that I found my horse that I think is colicking? What are the old wives' tales that you shouldn't do?
5: Well, one of my favorite ones: if he rolls, he'll twist a gut, and uh, that has been disproven so many times. It's it's. it's it's interesting when you even consider, but that, that is an old ancient wise tale. So my, my, my response to that is, have you ever taken a saddle off a sweaty horse?
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah.
5: Did he he drop and roll?
0: Uh, sometimes. Yeah.
5: (laughs) Did Did he die? Uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not, not usually. I haven't lost too many that way. Yeah. So, but Every, but we're always taught Every walk them. To, but weren't we always taught walk 'em to death and make sure they don't lay down and roll? That's what the first thing you're taught.
5: Exactly, exactly. And that and that is just that's just so that's that's not even wrong. <laughs> it's, 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 it's it's ridiculous, is what it is. So you're but not again, supposed to do that.
0: So what are you supposed to do?
5: No, <laughs> there's, there's there's no college veterinarian. There's there, there's no reason. I mean, here here here's here's the deal. If if you if you have an established relationship with a veterinarian, he he can get he can leave with you. And I, I do this on a regular basis. I will leave with a client, a good client, somebody that I have a relationship with. I will leave them a tube of Banning paste. And so, if you ever have a problem, you get into a situation where you think your horse might be colicking. Call me on the phone. You know, or if you can't get a hold of me if I'm off in the wise on my horse, well then just give him some bad, mean paste. See what it does for him. Because what we're trying to do here is control the pain. And I understand there's a lot of veterinarians that don't like their clients to treat their horses for pain. But I mean, if, if I'm an hour away from you, or two hours away from you, I mean, what else are you going to do? You're just going to let him suffer. I mean, we, you know, we know he's we know he's got a colic. So, and we, let's just let's just kind of review some of the, the other typical symptoms. And so. Because there's some people that, that don't understand exactly what they're looking at. So bottom line is, again, we're, we're dealing with a, a – this is not a specific disease. This is a set of symptoms. And it's called an acute abdominal crisis, which is an $8 word for bellyache. I can charge you a whole lot more money for acute abdominal crisis <laughs> than I can for stomachache. So that's why I use those big words. But it's, it's, it could be something as simple as the big old wad of unadjusted fee that's just not passing. Uh, or it could be something as, as critical as an actual twist in the bowel that's going to require surgery to correct. But you're going to see some of the very same symptoms regardless of the severity. And so the question is always, well, what do we do if I don't treat him? Well, I don't know what we do if we don't treat him because I always treat him. I mean, I always look at it as as an emergency. And so our symptoms are going to be, the number one is they're not eating with their normal interest and vigor. And so if, and because most horses, one thing they do well is eat. And if they're not coming up and just chowing down like they normally do, you got a problem. And it could be something else. I've seen some horses with pneumonia that didn't eat with their normal interest. But usually you see that you got other problems besides that. Uh, so th- that's what we're looking for is the horse eating with his normal vigor and interest. A lot of times the horse will, will go down repeatedly and roll and get up, and down repeatedly and roll and get up. That can be an indication. Some horses will paw when they don't normally paw. Some horses will look at their, at their belly. Uh, when it wouldn't normally do that, some horse will sweat and get real clammy. There's, there's, there's a number of these symptoms that are common, but you don't have to have any of that. You know you don't, there's, there's no formula for this other than he's not eating with this normal interest in vigor. And so if if you've got that, you really need some help. And if you've got some pain reliever, butybanamine is fine. Uh, go ahead and just and just try that. But my my first my first line of defense is call your call your local veterinarian because the faster we can get on these things, the faster we can know which way we're going with this.
3: Now, as a veterinarian, my horse is colicking. What are some things that you're going to want to know from me that I should have, like TPR stuff like that?
5: Well, if if I'm coming out there to to see him, uh, story of kind of doesn't matter. The fact I I treat emergencies and. It may be a little different way than some veterinarians. If you think it's an emergency, so do I. I'm coming to your house. So, you know, I, I, I think that that if, if you have the ability to to get a TPNR on him, that would be really helpful. And so if, if – and, and especially the pulse. And so a normal pulse for your average 1,000-pound horse is about 40 beats a minute. And so if, if your horse is not eating and his pulse is about 40 – That means we're either early into this situation or he's extremely stoic or it's probably not a huge problem yet. But again, I've seen them go from from nothing to worry about to dead in just a few hours. So I I treat every horse that's not eating with his normal interest and vigor. I treat them as emergencies. So as the as the pulse starts to go up, that indicates that the horse is, in, is, is experiencing some pain. It's not a specific symptom for anything other than, yeah, he's painful. So if he's not eating and he has an elevated pulse, that is just about pathognomonic for an acute abdominal crisis. Meaning that that those are the symptoms. That's what it is. And so so from there, we're just we're looking at, at pain relief and laxatives. That's unfortunate. I use I use a lot of intravenous fluids uh, in non-surgical cases, and that has really helps as well. But as far mm-hmm. as what the horse owner can do, what the horse owner can do on, you know, on premises while they're waiting for me, uh, pain relief is probably number one. Uh, the other thing that you got to know is, is that deuterbanamine is going to, is a pretty good pain reliever. And, and, but if the horse has a major problem and we've got them, we've got their pain under control with, with one of these products, it's going to wear off in eight or 10 hours. And so what you don't want to do is come home from work one afternoon, you see old Buck's not eating, at 5, 6 o'clock, you give him some man being, and now he's wanting to eat, and we're laughing. You know, you want to come check him again in about eight hours, because if the effect of that drug is worn off and the colic has not resolved itself, which most of them do, but if the colic has not resolved itself, then you're in a real bind again. And so you want to know that when it happens, not, to, not he's been you know, thrashing around on the ground for two or three hours, banging his head, and now you're up at six or seven o'clock in the morning, and now you've got a major problem. So that's, mm-hmm. that's the only caveat about using pain meds.
0: And you, I wanted to bring this up to you, talk about the the heart rate. I was at a professional rider's barn in Wellington, and you know how all the professional rider's barns have the big whiteboards with all the horses, and they have phone numbers and, you know, all that stuff on them. Well, they also had the the resting heart rate on there. It's the first time I'd ever yeah. seen that because then, no matter who was there, they knew the baseline for that horse, um, which yes. I thought was interesting and we probably all should have.
5: Well... Yes, that's, that's always, anytime you've, you've got information like that, that, is, that is good to know, but there's, there's, uh, there's other aspects that, that we need to consider. And, and again, I think our first, our first line is going to be get him treated as soon as he's not eating.
0: Hmm.
5: That, I think that would be, that would be really wise. And the good, good news about this is that most of them are going to live no matter what you do. But I think the, the earlier we catch it the, the better, better off we are. Uh, especially on these horses that are going to surgery. And so when we think about this, time is trauma. And so if the horse, I will know within, generally within a few hours, whether or not we've got a real surgical candidate or not, just depending upon how he responds to the the treatment that we've initiated and then what he feels like on the inside when I do a, a pelvic exam per rectum, I can actually feel if it's displaced. I can feel if he's got distended loops of bowel in the upper left quadrant, which would suggest he's a torsion or a twist of his small intestine, or if you feel some some abnormal changes in the in the anatomy there in his abdominal cavity, that can give you a pretty good indication that yeah, we're going to have to cut this guy otherwise we're going to be in a bind, so you're a whole lot better off early in this procedure, early in this process, to send him to the surgical facility now while the horse is still in pretty good shape rather than waiting 10 or 12 hours and then, and then having a real crisis on your hands. Mm-hmm. The, the, the bowel is 100 feet long, and there's only, there's only three major arteries that supply the whole thing. And so when, the, when that bowel gets gets displaced or kinked, maybe not even a full-on twist, but just the displacement, it, ac- it can actually shut off some of the blood flow. And it does that the the bowel is a very, very sensitive organ to blood flow. And if you get that if you get that shut off for a little while, now you start to have loops of bowel dying. Now you got real problems.
3: Mm-hmm. That
5: that's, and- that's where these, these, these things get into a real bind.
3: That's where the surgery comes into play. So everybody, I think everybody needs to just have a plan and communicate your plan with your vet. And is this horse a surgical candidate? Is it not, you know, that, that goes in a whole nother management, uh, management situation that you need to be communicating with your, uh, if you're in a boarding stable with the, the farm owner. So, Dr. Siemens, we yeah, have okay. run out of time, but we could talk about this for hours. Maybe we do part two next time. <laughs> next time you answer the phone All when right. we call.
0: All and where, right. Hey, thank, thanks for calling me. And where can they find you?
5: Andrew Buck. Uh, you can find me at cornerstoneequine.com, just one E between cornerstone and equine, and uh, click on the shopping uh, button there. You'll get to my book. Never trust a sneaky pony and other things they did not teach me in veterinary college. And we'll also be on Amazon dot on Amazon dot com pretty soon. There'll be an audio book hey. and an ebook as oh, well. Good. So uh, that's what we're hoping hoping for this this winter.
0: What a perfect oh, stopping, stocking stuffer too! Right? I mean, yeah, do
3: you read the audiobook yourself?
0: Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Gosh,
3: now that's worth right there. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah.
0: laughs> Great God. stocking stuffer know. for any horse person right there. Uh, so, uh, yeah. so thank All you, right. Dr. Siemens. Appreciate it. It's nice calling call me again. All
3: right. All right. Bye. See, he bye. keeps asking for it. You keep asking for it, we're going to call.
0: <laughs> I like him because even I understand what he's talking about. He makes yeah. it so clear. He really does. Yeah it's true um, alright let's do this it's time for our horse lovers product review and that time when one of our terrific auditors gets a product and reviews it for us with Jennifer and Chelsea was up this time reviewing the Noble Outfitters Thermo Thin Sock which is something that Jamie's gonna need probably by tomorrow <laughs> you might want to have them overnighted so let's see how they made out in their product review
4: it's my favorite part of the show product review time woohoo that's when one of our faithful auditors takes some time out of their day to sit down and talk about a product that they got from horselovers.com and gave a thorough test. They're going to let us know what they love about it, maybe what they hate about it, and uh, what they think others should do with it. So Chelsea Sievers is here with me today. Hello, Chelsea. Hi, Jen. So uh, what part of the country are you in? And tell me a little bit about your horsey self.
6: Yeah, I am calling today from Madison, Wisconsin, and I'm a driver, so I drive Welsh ponies.
4: Oh, and you recently posted a picture or a video of you driving two of your ponies? Yeah, in the auditor group. In the auditor group, and they're super cute, and they look lovely. Uh, was, which one is the more experienced, or are they both new?
6: Um, my pony that's on the right is the more experienced one, but he's only got, and that's Owen, um, but he's only got Deuce, my younger one beat by about a year's worth of training. So they're both pretty, you know, new at the driving in the pair thing. Um, but you know, we haven't, uh, killed ourselves yet. So I think that's a good thing. I think they looked awesome.
4: And were you <laughs> wearing your Noble Outfitters Thermo Thin Socks when you were doing that?
6: Not on that day, but I have busted them back out recently because uh, up here in Wisconsin, we've had a couple nights in the 40s now, so it was time to bust out the thermal thin socks, uh, you know, especially, and it's been raining up here too, so that cold and wet, these socks have been perfect for that kind of weather. Uh, They're actually like a sticker on the bottom part. So like the area where your toes are and your heel are a little bit warmer and thicker, but they kind of taper as they go up through the ankle. And then they are thinner on the top over your calf. So they still fit really nicely into like a boot or a tall boot. Um, So warmth without the bulk is definitely um, one of the big benefits of these.
4: So this is a proper fitted sock, not those old-fashioned puffy F- tube socks that you used to get at the farm and garden store,
6: no, not at all, and not even one of the kind of amorphous like wool socks either. <laughs> <laughs> you know the kind we bust out when it's you know negative twenty right. those socks have a purpose, but uh these are are much more uh modern socks, so they actually have um that like little bit of binding that goes over the arch of your foot mm-hmm. so it keeps them from kind of sagging or from falling down. Um, and then they're like a tiny bit thinner over the top of your foot too. So you don't have that kind of bulk on top that bunches up around your toes. And nobody likes bunchy socks. No, no, not at all. So you've had
4: these for a little while. So you've had a chance to wear them and wash them. How are they holding up?
6: They are holding up great. They have a cat hair on them at the moment <laughs> because my cat's sitting on my lap. Um, but they've held up really well. Yeah. I think I've had them for quite a few several months now. Um, so they've definitely been through most of last um, spring and starting this fall now. And yeah, they have held up really well. No holes. They've washed really nicely. Definitely not wearing, not wearing holes into them or anything. Um, and the tops are really nice. You know, sometimes with that thinner material, it's like they want to snag all the time, but these definitely haven't.
4: Very good. Now, what size did you get, and did they fit as expected, or did they run big or small? I believe I have the smaller
6: size, um, or I have the medium size. I think they come in large or medium. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I have the medium, um, and I have really small feet smaller feet. Like, I wear about a shoe size 7, and they fit me great.
4: There we go. So they're appropriately sized for ladies. The Noble... Outfitters thermo thin sock available at horselovers.com, horselovers with a Z.com as we record this review for $9.95. So very reasonable and a great grift idea. And thank you, Chelsea, for coming on and doing a product review with us.
0: So yesterday, one of the auditors posted on, and I thought this was funny, posted a meme of uh, the Family Feud game board, you know, the game board that they have in Family Feud. And at the top, it said, name something you would find in an equestrian's vehicle.
3: No, it would be like this. Ready? Name something you'd find in an equestrian's vehicle. Bang! And then somebody hit the button and it would go,
0: okay, Jamie, what would you
3: say? Yes. And I would say, a lead rope.
0: And you would be correct. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, that was one the of the number one answer on the board <laughs> was lead ropes. Woo-hoo! That is correct. We got the number one answer. One. Now, Jamie, you have to play along too, um, because I've been in Jamie's okay. car, and I think that the, there's a lot in there. Let's hey. just put it <laughs> that way. I'm not just going to argue with you. Too. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in that car. All right, so uh, why don't we go over some of the other things, Jamie? What would else would you guess would be in an equestrian's car?
3: Um, if I'm wearing my boots, then the giant mud chunks that are exactly the bottom of my boot that have fallen off, you know what I mean?
0: Yes, and that was a popular answer. Sand, dried mud, fresh mud, and every other kind of dirt. Okay. Yeah, pretty much dirt and mud. Yep. That was a very popular answer.
3: When I boarded, I would have... um. I would always have to stop on the way there and go to Burger King and get their veggie burger. And so probably the crumpled up piece wrapper.
0: Okay, see, that was G-P. not on the list because I don't think people were being honest. But uh, <laughs> we will get to my list of what I've seen in horse, women's cars over the years that they did not admit to. So we'll mm-hmm. get to that in just a minute. Somebody did admit to a mummified carrot under the seat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they turned black. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, by the way, that's down there with the french fries. Um, also been mummified under the seat. I, I thought some interesting things were, and this was a funny answer, a pesky fly. There's always a pesky fly and he never seems to leave. And how many times have you guys been driving when it's just a fly, yet you're trying to get it out the window and you, you're not even thinking about driving anymore? Because you open
3: the window and it doesn't go out, and then you you're like it's freezing outside. You roll up the window, and then it comes back in your face, and you like roll down the window, and, and it then doesn't you're trying go to shoe it out it
0: with didn't... your hand that you should be driving with, and you're really not paying attention to driving at all at this point.
2: And the then horse- you realize a it's hornet that was on the oh. steering wheel one
3: day. Oh, as that'd as I was be
0: bad. On <laughs> yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, be that that just takes it to a whole new level. <laughs>
3: That's when it's a, if it's a bee or a spider. We to wreck. Someone's gonna get crazy.
0: Now, Jemmy, um, Claire said. And I'm gonna throw Claire into the bus. I don't have names for anybody else on this list, but I'm gonna throw Claire under the bus because she said wine opener. Um, do either of you have a wine opener in the car?
3: Why would you not have one? I mean, like <laughs> people carry beer openers on their keychains. How illogical say, is that?
2: I, I don't have a wine opener, but I do have a beer opener. Yeah, it is a keychain, and it's from it's from my law school. I don't know what that
0: means.
3: That's appropriate. Don't drink and drive, kids. Here, put a beer up opener on your keychain. It makes no sense.
0: Well, it was to encourage it them because put the UVA law on it. Yeah, they're going to be defending a lot of the people who are using it while driving. So, oh my was... god, that
3: is a great way to get new clients as a lawyer. You yeah, handing those out. <laughs> <laughs> create the vibe.
0: <laughs> now this is something that we might have in our car and that's coggins tests from about the year 1990
3: um oh my god th- my truck my truck glove compartment is full of all like years of coggins and health certs to where i go through the thing and i have to like flip through like no no not this one no not this one. Oh, wait, here's one okay not this one that is so true glenn oh my god
0: <laughs> and how many of you J- jemmy what In your glove compartment where you have your registration and your insurance card, is there just the current one or are there 55 of them that you just keep putting into the front? Oh, it's definitely a collection.
2: I'm definitely I'm gonna
0: create a card game out of it one day. It's definitely a collection. <laughs> I'm always afraid to throw the wrong one away. <laughs> it's like yeah, and I double and it, triple check. It,
3: it, it, you know, like I'll have a Coggins test of a horse that I had, you know, ten years ago, and I'm like, oh my god, I have to save it because I don't know worth anymore. Like a piece of the horse is still with me when I have his his Coggins test, his drawing on Aww. this piece of paper. It's like I can't get rid of it.
0: There were a lot of people that said one glove, like a left, a left glove and no right glove. Um, sure. There was a couple of people that said a lone horseshoe, just ended up in there. There were a lot of boots. People carry their boots and leave them in the car. Yes, we do see that with horsewomen, especially. There are multitude of boots because you never know what you're going to need. Uh, I
3: love this answer. Long expired tube of sunscreen from abandoned resolution to fight the farmer tan. <laughs>
0: Is anybody in the audience, we live in Florida, where we should be putting on sunscreen every time we walk out the door. You lived in Phoenix. Anybody that's a horse person good at doing it every time you walk out the door?
3: Oh, God, me. Uh, sun, if you oh, live yeah? in Phoenix and you don't. See, when I first moved to Phoenix, I, I'm George, Georgia. I never wore sunscreen. Uh, when I first moved to Phoenix and I started getting to see a lot of the older horsewomen, I was like, I need sunscreen. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. And here's a tip put sunscreen on your hands too. Like you're putting on lotion. Just do it, please. You will not, you will thank me later.
0: So, so Jemmy and I do these adventures where we're outside all the time and and I made the mistake that one of the first ones we were on, I was putting on sunscreen. I said, Jemmy, do you need sunscreen? <laughs> I said, no. No. <laughs> well, I don't want to be, I don't want
2: to be the harbinger of a bad message. Yes, everybody should use sunscreen blacks included
0: (laughs) but except for you (laughs) she did i did see her burn her nose uh one time
2: i burnt my nose exactly once in my entire entire life (laughs) um no you were you didn't see it i told you about it but i it was at a festival i was at a jazz fest so i was outside for like three four days straight in new orleans After it was all said and done, I um, asked my roommates, who were all white, I said, Hey, what does sunburn feel like? (laughs) (laughs) They told me, because they were looking at me with their arms up like lobsters. And I said, because I think I have a little bit on the bridge of my nose. And
0: the faces I got back were like, shut up, Jemmy, we don't want to
2: talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) We're was so much pain, I'm like, sorry.
0: (laughs) Probably the one that's going to get you in trouble if you get pulled over that was on the list by a couple of people, horse people leaving stuff in their car, is used needle and syringe. Yeah, that's probably one you want to take out before the dogs come. Um, but see I,
3: I save all of them until the vet comes and I can put them in the little containers that they have. So I have to have a collection of needles and syringes. Maybe you never take know what you're going to
0: Out of the car. <laughs> <That's maybe laughs> a good idea. Uh, I love this one. Dog hair, horse hair, and cat hair. People with allergies can't ride in my car. <laughs> no, I bet That's they can't. <laughs> um and then these are the ones that and I'm not saying Jemmy is. This is your car. I'm just saying that I've been in horse people's cars. I've been in horse people's cars um, uh, for many years now, and especially women. And these are the things they don't admit to, and we're not on the list. Fast food bags, multiple fast food bags. Empty soda cans, lots of empty soda cans. 25 Starbucks cups, and usually they're all stacked up, like 10 stacked up because instead of throwing them out, they just keep stacking them up. Um, two weeks worth of unopened mail. Guilty. <laughs> I, I knew um, you were good. Gonna... Two years worth.
3: <laughs> it's like, Chad, I remember we were first dating. He's like, you know that if it comes in the mail and you don't open it, it still counts, right? <laughs> it still like, has to be paid. <laughs> like it doesn't count.
0: <laughs> they don't care if you open it or not. They still want the bill paid. The electric bill still needs to be paid. Candy wrappers. Lots of candy wrappers. Water bottles, all half empty. For some reason, you all can't drink the other half. Uh, they're all half <laughs> empty. And I think it's probably, maybe they got warm and they don't want to drink one. I don't know. Uh, and then empty pain reliever bottles. You see all that a lot with horsewomen in the car. Ibuprofen bottles so I everywhere. I will
2: say in my defense, yes? there's not eating allowed in my car, really. Um, so as messy as it is, it's just, Stuff. It's like toys and random kid clothes. So I don't have the fast food bags, empty soda cans, Starbucks cups, and of that stuff. That stuff, no, 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 not in my car. In what do my you?
3: Before I was married, <laughs> if you were to going to get in the passenger seat of my car, inevitably two or three things would fall out when you open the door. <laughs> it's, 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 oh, sorry. Let me get that. Uh, you chuck everything in the back seat and eventually that, that sounds familiar. You. very in the
0: familiar. Seat, so you, <laughs> Exactly in
3: the
2: passenger seat.
3: You know what? I'm driving your ass around
0: there. Oh, you know the other thing.
3: Quit complaining.
0: You know the other thing that's not on this list in horsewomen's cars is bras and underwear. That should be on this list too, because you're always changing to the barn and just throwing them in there, and then never seem to take them out.
3: You can't have underwear when you're riding. Need a sports bra. (laughs) Duh. Um, so here's the deal. Once you have a kid, you have to actually have some clearance in the back for their feet. Um, and then once you get married, then you're the passenger in my house. Cause my husband is a uh, kind of crazy. He likes to drive probably cause I'm the, the most reliable driver. Um, so he has to drive. So then he cleans out the cars. That's like his job. Clean out the car. That's fine. You go ahead. And he would when we first got married, he would he would give me a hard time like, "Oh my god, seriously, like what is this?" Now he just cleans it out. and doesn't say anything anymore. He's given up.
0: <laughs> See? That's what we do. We eventually just give up. All right. Speaking of doing things that uh because the husband wasn't around, on Monday you said you were going to be putting up some cross ties, some posts in the ground where you can tie your horses and actually do things. And you were going to You gonna- know
3: what? I was going to surprise Chad with that, and he went and listened to the dang show.
0: Why is he... Didn't we tell him that he's not allowed to listen to this show?
3: I I thought we had made that clear. (laughs) Especially on the airline trippy's board.
0: (laughs) And then I made a mistake, or no, I intentionally made fun of you for not knowing what a level was and actually how to use a level to make sure your boards were straight up and down. And then you posted something on the auditor page, a picture of you using a level, and pretty much told me to suck it. So... How yeah, did, did this you. project come out?
3: Let me tell you something right now. Everybody listening, stay in school. <laughs> Get an education. Do not do this for a living. I'm not kidding you, that was like the hardest day of my entire life and And here's the thing is, I bought four by sixes that were twelve feet long because yeah, i thought i'm <laughs> gonna heavy. dig them in the- oh my god they're heavy number one you have to dig a really freaking deep hole first
0: okay. thing i said Wait. to jennifer is i bet you she only dug a foot hole and the things are just falling over
3: no, I dug some holes. I was like, you know what? I got to make it count. I even have a post hole digger. So I use a shovel wow. and then a post hole digger. Wow. And I got really way down. And then I dug one hole and I was like, God, this sucks. I'm going to finish tomorrow. And I'm like, I can't. I have to finish now because I've got a big giant hole in my horse's pasture. So I got back the truck up. I unloaded the, lo- the logs. They look like giant logs from the telephone pole, you know, and I drop it in the hole. I'm like, oh crap! I need, I need cement. You know, I need. cement like it needs to be ready before I put in the hole. So then I have to put it, take it out of the hole, and then I'm like, how the hell do I make cement when it's an eighty pound freaking bag, and the eighty pound bag is in the back of my truck? So I take the wheelbarrow over like my hay cart, and I push the. 80 pound bag of cement out into the hay cart. And then I roll that down to where I'm going to make the thing. I turn on the hose, get the hose all the way out to the pasture, but I can't make it in my hay cart. Cause I don't want to do that. So I have a poop wheelbarrow. So I get that and I start scooping dust of cement out into the wheelbarrow and I turn the hose on and then I made way too much water. <laughs> I'm, like, draining water into my pasture that has, like, cement in it. It's just a nightmare. So I'm s- mixing, and then I'm, like, how do I mix it? I don't have a stick or anything. So I get a scoop, my feed scoops, and I'm, like, <laughs> scoop mixing the cement and the water, the food scoop. And then, so I'm holding the you don't board. The the s- you a shovel.
0: Usually use a shovel for that.
3: Uh, How am I going to use a shovel? A shovel needs two hands, and I'm holding a post (laughs) in the hole with my left hand. This is really a two-person job.
0: It really is. A (laughs)
3: wheelbarrow with a feed scoop, and I'm chucking cement that I've made out of the— I'm holding a post in my left hand and, like, scooping cement into the hole with a feed scoop until it gets high enough to where I can, like, let it go and use two hands to scoop it. I'm not kidding you. And then do that four freaking times. And, (laughs) oh, my God, that is a nightmare. I will never do it. Do they come like out semi
0: straight or like almost up and down?
3: I, well, thanks to you for telling me I needed a, I wouldn't have even used a level <laughs> thing. And I walked out of here and I said, Glenn says I need a level. And my mother in law was like, I have one in the garage. I'm like, why? <laughs> okay, great. So she gives me this level and I go out there and I used it. And I was quite proud of myself that even with without using the level, they were fairly straight, um, straight up and down. Well, good but- for you.
0: Yay.
3: And then let me just tell you, I feel like a single mom farm owner. Okay. So I've got to get the kid to school. Then I got to work then I got to get home. I got to take the the horses, blah, blah, blah. And then I've got all these projects. I'm still unpacking my house. My house is a buggy nightmare. And so, uh, realize I need hay. Okay. Well, I, I need to get some hay. So what do I do? Usually in Arizona, I would go to the local feed store and they would put 10 bales in my truck and I would drive home and Chad would unload it. <laughs> I don't have that right now. <laughs> I needed hay. So I call this farmer guy who I've met around and he has hay. Um, so I call him and he's like, yeah, you got to come get it. I was like, what do you mean I have to come get it? I just drive. Yeah. I bring the truck up. So I, I drive my truck last night in the dark with my child in the back seat. Okay. Up to this farmer's shed. Okay. I, I barely know this guy. And I call my family on the way here. I'm like, let me just tell you where I'm going just in case. (laughs)
0: It's (laughs) a paranoid. In case
3: this is not what I am totally paranoid. That's why I've lived this long, Glenn. Okay. (laughs) 41. I've lived 41 years being paranoid. So I call, get up there. I back the truck into the shed in the dark. And there's a guy in there. And there's like two two guys in there. You know, hey, how's it going? Okay, great. So they bring the hay over. And somebody had to stack it in the truck. I was like, who's going to Where are your what? Wait, I have to do this. Okay. At 41 and my kid in the car playing on his Kindle fire, I'm up in the back of the truck stacking hay. And I will tell you what. I got 20 bales in the bed of my truck. Thank
0: you very much. Short bed. Look at you. Good job. See, you can do this. Welcome to Oklahoma. You're an Oklahoma girl. Now you're not one of those prissy Phoenix girls.
3: Can I tell you something though? Let's be honest. I'm dying. (laughs) My body hurts so bad. I didn't know that I had (laughs) triceps anymore. I just, and and I've stacked hay in the truck. And then I talked to Chad last night. It's in the truck. And he's like, oh yeah, I see it's going to rain tonight. I was like, no, (laughs) I haven't unloaded it. So I backed the back of the truck into the barn. Oh, we've all done that. that (laughs) Yeah, we've all done that. Yeah, we've
0: all done that. (laughs) At night, just bring it in the barn. (laughs) got
3: my kid to bed. I'm already in my pajamas. Oh my God. (laughs) I was like, I can't. Well,
0: you know, there's one person that, uh, that's coming up right now that doesn't have to worry about that farm stuff, but she has to worry about that moving thing all the time. If you guys remember a while back, a couple months ago, we talked to one of our auditors named Jessica. And Jessica had this harebrained idea that she was just going to get rid of everything, get an RV, and travel around the country with her horses doing fun stuff. Well, she succeeded in doing that, and we haven't gotten an update from her, and she's been all over the place. So, Jessica, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Now you're on the trip, right? You're actually heading, you've been hanging out in the Northeast up there, and now you're heading somewhere else.
7: I am en route to Arizona as we speak. I'm actually pulled over at a gas station in some place called Brazos, Texas.
0: Okay. (laughs) Um,
7: I have Mackenzie, my horse, in the trailer, and Byron is in the passenger seat on his laptop. Okay,
0: good. Well, you've had a ton of adventures since we've talked to you last, and we can't possibly go through them all. But can you give us some highlights of those things that really stand out that you've gotten to do in your, what, couple of months now that you spent up in the Northeast? Yeah,
3: Where did you start?
7: Sure. uh, The quick rundown or Reader's Digest version is we left New Jersey um, around July 1st and moved to a campground in New Hampshire at the base of the White Mountains. And then we spent two months in the Northeast. So we, uh, the majority of our time was in New Hampshire. I did an endurance ride in Maine. We went camping and riding in Vermont and in New York State before returning to New Jersey for about a month.
0: Boy, the White Mountains are beautiful since too. Then, they are beautiful. Did you get to ride in the White Mountains?
7: Yes. So our campground um, is basically a, a buts, a whole bunch of open land with trails, mostly snowmobile trails and moose trails, which was very interesting. The terrain was crazy. It was something I would never experienced before. Very rocky, very mountainous. So Mackenzie got into really great condition um, experiencing those kinds of trails.
0: So highlights. What what are the things that stand out to, to you on on your on your travels in the Northeast?
2: Yeah, wildlife
7: was one of them. We were super excited in New Hampshire for the opportunity to see moose. Unfortunately that didn't happen, but we did have a bear visit our camp.
0: Oh, that's awesome. In always fun. the middle
7: of the night, <laughs> I I woke up to some banging around underneath our camper. So I got up and flipped on some lights and looked out the windows and all of a sudden this big black bear appears right in front of my window and I watch it circle our camper and it sniffs our fire ring and I'm waking up Byron saying, there's a bear out here. You got to see this thing. And he's groggily kind of ignoring me. And we finally open the window together and I yell at the thing and scared away. And then the next day, I find out that a black bear had broken into a person's house and actually mauled them. So I was a little bit concerned that this was the same bear.
0: Oh my God. Did you have to change your underwear after seeing the bear right outside your window, by the way? I would have had to do that.
3: It took, me, Where? it took
7: me a while to go back to
3: sleep. I bet. Sleep that way. <laughs> Where was your horse? Like I, I, You're in a campground with your horse. I'm imagining your horse kind of in like, a, like around there, a tie line or a stable. Where is your horse? So I set
7: up a temporary electric fence kind of paddock for her right outside our camper. Um, the, the campground is popular on the weekends. So we had other visitors on the weekends and they would bring their horses, but during the week we were completely alone. And the pine forest there is so dense that you can barely see 20 feet into it. So it was very creepy and nerve wracking to be there alone for five days during the week. And we just have one horse. So she was completely alone and it made her very uncomfortable. I could tell. So. Um, it happened that on this night I had set up a, a temporary pad, uh, paddock in another grassy area and thought I was being nice by turning her out in this paddock to eat grass when there weren't any bugs. And I thought about it later. And I think that the horse's presence around our camper was actually keeping the bear away. Hmm. How did the horse feel because about it? <laughs> only
0: to come back. Yeah, what did the horse had to yeah, say she, about she the bear. She was very <laughs> nervous. <laughs>
7: there were there were many nights during our two months there that I would wake up to her running in circles <laughs> in the middle of the night. And I would go yes. out to check on her with a flashlight and shine it into the woods and again I, it's so dense I couldn't see very far and you know, I just knew that the horse knew some kind of animal was creeping around out there. I didn't know if it was a bear or a moose, but she was not very happy about it.
3: <laughs> so did you take
1: the flashlight and you see
0: the, to... <laughs> the reflection of the eyes. Like the,
1: ooh. Yeah, not scary.
0: So, That's scary. So now, <laughs> it was very scary. did you have, so what would you say was your favorite ride you did? Uh, either scenery or just, it was one of those that we all have them where we go, okay, that was really nice. <laughs>
7: Well, um, I rode up to a historic landmark in the Mohunk Mountain Preserve, which is located in the Catskills of upstate New York. Um, it was scenery-wise, definitely the best. There's a huge stone tower at the top of a huge cliff that overlooks uh, a river valley, and it was absolutely stunning and beautiful. I was. The only horse there, it was actually a very popular tourist destination. So there were lots of people on foot who were very shocked to have a horse coming up behind them. (laughs) Um, That was definitely my favorite. And then we did our first endurance ride in Maine. And just because that was our first, it really stands out for me as being spectacular. It was a really great experience.
0: How long did you go? How far did you go in your, your ride? Was it a 50, a 25, what?
7: No, we just did 25 for our first. And honestly, the horse was in better shape than I was. <laughs> she could have probably gone for 50. I needed a break. It's <laughs> <That's> usually <laughs> it was the case. very cool because this ride, um, it's called a Pioneer. So that means it's a multi-day ride and people can sign up to ride every day if they wanted to. And um, so the, the amount of people there and the camaraderie was really nice. Uh, We made a lot of great friends who are now following our travels and our story. But the coolest thing about that ride is that it crosses a river on the way out and on the way back. And this this isn't like a little creek kind of river. We had had a lot of rain in the Northeast this summer. So the river was very high and fast moving. And it was also uh, sandy bottom. So there was um, quicksand. So they were very specific in giving us directions about how to enter the river and exit the river so that we would avoid the quicksand. It also required a walk upstream of about 100 yards. So you had all of these horses, like 30 horses a day, plowing into this river and having to walk up or downstream. And a lot of them had never seen water like this. So they they would spook and gallop through the water fall down into the quicksand and throw their riders there were horses escaping people going for swims every single day it was absolutely crazy
3: endurance sounds so fun oh my god
7: (laughs) i knew jamie was gonna comment it really is jamie (laughs) i know you're not a
0: fan but maybe one day give it another shot I knew (laughs) knew that was going to be your comment. So I want to get to (laughs) Greece here in a minute, but before we get to Greece, so we talked to you as you were heading out and you were so excited. It's going to be a great big adventure. Has this been this whole thing of, you know, living on the road with your horse and doing all this, has it been easier or harder than you thought it would be?
7: Well, it was very easy when we were stationary for two months in New Hampshire. Um, Today is our ninth day on the road since leaving New Jersey. We've been through um, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, Louisiana, and now Texas. So um, I would say the luster of intense daily travel has kind of worn off. (laughs) I
0: am very, very sick of driving and sleeping in a tent. Oh, and you had some weather, you had some serious storms come across your way too.
7: Yeah, we we stopped um for a little break in Mississippi the other day and a man came over because he was curious about the horse and he's telling me, Oh yeah, we've uh we've got a tornado warning tonight. <laughs> I was like, Okay, well I'm glad I'm leaving. <laughs> in a
3: tent. That you you think double wides are in trouble in a tornado. They're going to find a tent.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. So now let's talk a little bit. You guys also are, are mountain climbers. And you went, I saw these amazing pictures on your page. Uh, you went rock climbing in Greece. And first of all, the pictures of Greece are just incredible. So why Greece? And, uh, you know, why would you pick, pick that particular spot?
7: Well, we've been, um, Byron and I have been together for six years, and we both started climbing nearly around the same time. And it's it's been on our bucket list to go to this island in Greece called Kalymnos that is known for its world-class rock climbing. So um, this year, the stars kind of aligned, and we had the time and the means to get there finally. So we invited a couple of our other rock-climbing friends, and we all split the cost of a house and rental car and just did it. It was awesome. What do you think of Greece? It's a beautiful country. It has a lot of varied terrain. Um, we stayed in one area south of Athens that was a little more lush for a desert island kind of um, place. Uh, but then the island of Kalymnos was very dry and very barren. Hmm.
0: It, I saw some of the pictures of you mountain climbing, and that, but then when you said you were sore after 25 miles, I went, oh my God, the rest of us don't have a chance. She climbs mountains, and she was still sore after 25 miles of an endurance race. So you can feel better about yourself, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like...
3: I, don't, I don't care anymore. I don't have any <laughs> I'm. I have no shame. I'm not ashamed.
0: <laughs> I I love the pictures of you well, doing that and and being brave enough to do it because I guarantee you ninety nine percent of us aren't brave enough to climb mountains. Um, no thanks. You can have it. Well, they're they're
7: beautiful. We we love the outdoors and rock climbing uh, provides an avenue to access a lot of really interesting and beautiful. Parts of the world that you don't normally see.
0: And so, I and we all get to enjoy your pictures because you're doing it for us, so we don't have to go. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but you're heading to Arizona. Where are you going to go in Arizona? We found a campground
7: outside of Tucson in a place called Oracle, Arizona. So um, a lot of people snowbird to Arizona for the winter.
2: Mm-hmm. And
7: I found out uh, last summer that. The campgrounds, the horse campgrounds, book up very far in advance. So we actually made our reservations in May
0: mm-hmm.
7: in order to stay at this horse campground. So it's up in the mountains, um, the Catalina State Park, and it's near Mount Lemon. So there's both rock climbing and riding,
3: and we're really excited about it you should go check out right around there. I, I did the horse trial and they have some clinics and stuff coming up. Uh, it's at the Pima County fairgrounds. So you should check that out. They do a lot of horse shows and eventing and cross country riding and things like that. I don't know if, what you're into, but you sound like you're pretty daring. So you should check it out.
7: <laughs> Thank you. I'm into everything. Yeah. I've been, um, I've been doing my research. Uh, I started following the Tucson Dressage Association and looking for hunt clubs. I really want to try fox hunting. Nice.
0: I want to do everything. Well, how long are you going to be there all winter or are you going to keep moving?
7: Uh, we will be there until March at least. And then we're going to figure out what our route for next summer is going to be. Probably um, move up the West Coast, either up the Rockies or further Um, towards the the coast and make our way up into Canada by next summer.
0: Well, that's very cool. You're living the dream, girl. You're living the dream. And thank you so much for posting on the Um, auditor page all the time. It's so much fun to see your posts and to see what you're up to. And I know the auditors are enjoying it too, so we really appreciate that. And we'll have you on again after you've uh, been in the desert for a little while. Yeah, thank you for having me. And if anybody else wants
7: to see what we're up to, you can find us at rideclimb.com.
0: And I also post very often on Rideclimb on Instagram and Facebook. Rideclimb. Very good. Thanks, Jessica. Have fun. Good luck on the rest Thank of your you trip. P- Bye-bye.
3: Give your pony a carrot for from us.
0: I will. <laughs> Thanks, um, Jessica. Bye. I mean, isn't that a dream
3: there? I I am just wow. I, I don't even. I mean, it is a dream for somebody, and it's amazing. Uh,
0: <laughs> I, Could you do it? Could you travel around like that?
3: No, I drove. I we drove for two days to move from okla from Arizona to Oklahoma, and I was like, I'm sick of y'all. I got to get out of here.
0: <laughs> now, I think her husband works on the road. I think he's got that job where he can you know work from anywhere. So uh, that's what, yeah. how they can get away with it. But when you see some of the pictures of the rock climbing and some of the pictures looking down at her and then the, you know, 2,000 foot drop, it's like. Ugh.
3: That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it is. I You know what? If we were all the same, the world would be very boring. boring. So exactly I love right. visiting with people that are doing unique stuff. It's really cool. And we I'm sh- glad we, had we sure climb. have a
0: lot of listeners doing unique stuff. That's for sure. Well, oh, yeah. Speaking of we're unique, boring. we have uh, we we have Radiothon coming up, and and we still need entries. They've started to come in now, so that's good. I always feel better when we start to get entries. We need all our musicians, all of our songwriters, and our singers to get on board. Uh, we've gotten some straight up entries so far, but we you know talking entries. We need those songs. Uh, it's going to be a boring twelve hours if we don't have you guys singing songs and writing songs. So I get- mean,
3: last year there was a a song written about precious magic gal- Caleb Jennings. Yes. Okay. I mean, I've got Rock and Groot now, just saying. Y'all yes.
0: Really yes. And know. you've had, uh, and Zeus. Uh, if somebody doesn't write a song about Zeus, can you imagine <laughs> the songs about Zeus? Somebody has got to write a song about Zeus. I mean, he's do a song want, in himself.
3: Do you uh, want a Zeus update real quick on how his life, life is going? Sure. So... When I had Zeus and Thor, Thor was very much in charge, and nobody bothered with anybody because Thor was in charge. Well, now that Thor is not leading the pasture, Zeus has turned because he's also not getting ridden, and he is just turned out. That I went with Dr. Seaman's idea of like just turning him out with a with a tendon. He's a monster. <laughs> he is a absolute monster. So I have a, these friends of his from Arizona that moved here. He got the pony and we got pink and Zara and uh, chili and Duke. And then I get Rocket and Groot and he will not let Rocket and Groot within 150 yards. He will flat turn around and chase him so much that I have to lock Zeus up during the day and let the thoroughbreds out. And then at night I have to lock the thoroughbreds out up and then let Zeus out. I have two stalls that are undercover. He is a demon. I'm not kidding you. Uh and constantly I hear him 18 acre field people. He's constantly w- wiggling the chain to get out. <laughs> Why? You have 18 acres what more could you possibly want? Go eat some grass. Like seriously. It's he's a, he's a monster. It's amazing. So, yes, Zeus continues i am to the point now where i feel like i should just ride him because he's not lame (laughs) but he's never lame that's the problem is he's never lame so
0: anyway you can't even walk him can you
3: well he's turned out i mean i know i can't tack walk him no i'm not supposed to do anything but i think i need to get another ultrasound and see what is happening here because i'm he's just (laughs) a monster He's a monster. So many people have said, we're so glad you got him because he'd be dead. <laughs> Somebody would have shot him at this point. <laughs>
0: Out in the back backyard.
3: Chad <laughs> yeah. would shoot him. The point. Like, he's like, what happened to him?
0: All right. There it is. There's the challenge. Somebody needs to write a song about Zeus for Radiothon. We will be very disappointed in all of you if we don't have a Zeus song to play. Well, uh, I have an announcement, too. Redmond Equine came through with a healthy horse package worth $220 worth of stuff. That we're going to be giving away to one lucky winner that day. I mean, the prizes just keep coming in. We keep getting more and more prizes added to the list. It's going to be well over $4,000 when we're done. So you definitely want to get your entries in. Go to holidayradiothon.com and uh, there's a, you can figure out how to enter. Just go to how to enter on the tab, and it'll tell you how to submit your voicemails. Now, the theme this year, we've talked about this before, and I have to add to this now because I saw this coming and I should have brought it up, is the theme this year is, if your horse could talk, what would his or her New Year's resolution be for 2019? Avoid the answer, uh, eat more, work less, because we've gotten a couple eat more work lesses, and if we have 100 answers of eat more, work less, it'll be a very boring 12 hours. So get more creative with what your horse would want to do for 2019 than eat more, work less.
3: We all want to eat more. Work, work less. less,
0: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get a little more creative than that. I think you can come up with something fun or funny or serious. I don't care. But uh, just not that, because it'll be it'll be a hundred of those, and that will get boring after a while. I
3: told you. I told you. I know. I you, I know. I would, this,
0: was a, this is going to be a tough one. I don't know. We'll see. We, I think there's clever people out there. I have trust in our audience. Okay. Faith. Faith.
3: And those of you that sent Eat More and Work Less, it's okay. You don't have to resubmit. Well, yeah, we've
0: only got a couple of those, so we can put them in. But uh, you don't have to resubmit. You're good. I'm just warning the next people. You got yours in. You're good.
3: That one's Uh, taken.
0: That one's taken. Now we're going to get you in the mood by playing a sample from last year's Radiothon. This is the package we played in the noontime hour. We'll be back tomorrow. What is tomorrow? Tomorrow is Thursday, and it is...
3: You know, every single episode you always do this. What's tomorrow? And you never know. I feel like you should probably look ahead. I, I
0: should, but I don't. It's Mary <laughs> Kitzmiller tomorrow. So training day with Mary tomorrow on the show. So you can look forward to Jennifer and Mary being here. And then on Friday, we're back with some really bad ads. We have a cool prize for you. A couple prizes for you this month that will announce on Friday as well. So send your ads in to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. All right, guys. Did
3: Emily answer my jumping questions on her? Yes, you yesterday? need to listen. They
0: did answer yesterday. Apparently, it was a good, really good show because uh, we got a couple comments on it. So, yeah, take a listen. Bye, everybody. See you tomorrow. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. You have reached the Horse Radio Network voicemail line. Please leave your voicemail after the tone.
6: Hi, this is Tabby from Horselovers.com, and my ultimate horsey Christmas gift would be a truckload of briar horses to give away to all the kids at the barns in our area. Enjoy these holiday voicemails from listeners throughout the world brought to you by Horselovers.com.
3: Hi, Horse Radio Network. This is Jessica Troop in Orlando,
8: Florida. I wrote a little song for you guys. (laughs) through the snow. As my horse bolts back to the barn Over the hills we go I'm grabbing for extra mane My trainer calls out to me Sit up tall, Wow And don't let him get
6: away with that
2: Oh, off track thoroughbreds, off
8: track red
6: Gallop all the way Back to the barn so they can eat hay all day
3: Off track beds, off track beds, scow
8: them all the way Back to the barn so they can all day Hi, this is Auditor Rebecca, and I just want to say Merry Christmas to everyone. And my best Christmas present ever was my horse I got when I was 14. Merry Christmas. Hi, everyone. Colleen Lap here. Wow, it still feels weird not saying Colleen Peachy. Anyway, I love the holidays, so I'm calling to say Happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year to everybody. Glenn, Jennifer, Jamie, um, Wendy, everybody at Horse Radio Network, and listeners.
2: Happy holidays to everyone at Horse Radio Network. This is Diane from Ontario, and one year we had all the family over, and there was a huge box under the tree for me, and my sister-in-law couldn't wait for me to open it to see what it was. And when I opened it, it was a wheelbarrow, and I was so excited. And I put the kids in, and I was wheeling it around the living room, and I was, they were squealing, and we were laughing and having a lot of fun. And my sister-in-law, later, she said to me, okay, you were not really excited to get a wheelbarrow for Christmas, were you? And I said, yes, I was. It's so practical. It's exactly what I needed. She couldn't believe it.
8: Anyway, hope everyone has a great holiday. This is Laura Berry from Fallon, Nevada, and I wanted to bring to you an HRN Holiday Radiothon last break by reading you funny memes and tweets found on my phone. All I want for Christmas is you. Just kidding. I want a horse. If Yankee Candles were named for the real purpose, they'd have names like Masking Poo or Does This Count as Decorating for the Holidays? Happy holidays to my parents who always make my visit home a time of love, affection, and tech support for their electronics. How to decorate a Christmas tree with kids. One, unpack ornaments. Two, drop repeatedly until it shatters into a million pieces. Three, repeat. Only 45,986 more Adobe updates until Christmas. Eggnog is great if you've always wondered what it would be like to get drunk off of pancake batter dear santa i only want a pony but then i'll need a halter and a brush and a saddle and a truck then riding lessons got all that
6: happy holidays hi guys this is liz from auburn alabama and i want to wish happy holidays to all the hrn hosts and listeners my ultimate horsey christmas gift isn't really just one thing it's the experience of having my eight-year-old stepdaughter faye get excited about presents of horse stuff just the way i did when i was a kid who knows? Maybe one day there'll be a secret Christmas pony under the tree for her,
9: too. Hi, this is Kelly Portner, an um, HRN Auditor, and my holiday radiothon is called Christmas in the Mule Barn. It was Christmas in the Mule Barn. All the long ears hunkered low, singing for all the world to hear of the secrets donkeys know. Every year we tell the story, said the biggest Belgian John, the tale of a baby born one night in a barn just like this one. The oldest Jenny nodded, her graying muzzle smiled, and we remember one among us who went the extra mile. He was no ass of great renown, no stud of note or worker strong, yet on his back he carried well a mother whose time would not be long. The little tiny mini-mule, in a voice like squeaking tin, said, And when they got to Bethlehem, no one would let them in. And so it was, the jenny said, ears nodding to and fro, that a barn filled up with hay and straw, was the only place to go the stately riding mule did nod his red coat shining bright and a little babe was born there on that frosty winter night the mules they honked and nickered the donkeys brayed their call tonight we shall remember the father to us all it was christmas in the mule barn and the moon shone off the snow as the singing faded to whispers of the secrets donkeys know Merry Christmas, HRN.
1: Hey Glenn, Jen, Jamie, and Jemmy. This is Gemma and Ark the Christmas Pony, calling to wish everyone at HRN happy holidays and happy horsey days, and to tell you about my most memorable gift from Christmas past. Like any other horse crazy tween, all I wanted for Christmas was a pony. One year I unwrapped a grooming box complete with matching blue and gray Oster brand brushes. I was convinced that they were for my new pony, and that after we had opened all the gifts, my non-horsey parents would tell us to get in the car for a surprise, which would end up being a trip to the barn where standing in a stall with a big bow around its neck would be my very own pony to brush with my new tools. But alas, after every gift was unwrapped and the stockings emptied, no such thing happened. I remember being sad and couldn't understand why Santa wouldn't give me the only thing I asked for. Fast forward 12 years and several moves. I was finally able to buy Arik and use those brushes. That little blue curry comb is Arik's favorite, and I use it every day, a reminder of my parents' loving thought on that long-ago Christmas morning.
3: Hi, Horse Radio Network. This is Karina Marot from Stanwood, Washington, and this is a poem. All in one day, we hear Radiothon play. Every host has a spot on the show to plot the best guests to highlight the season's delights listeners call and hope to win one WinTech grand reward and other grand prizes from sponsors and horse lovers
0: that's it hope you enjoy it happy holidays everyone bye horselovers.com is offering a special gift with purchase just for radiothon listeners Horse Lovers partnered with Kodiak, their premium blanket brand, to create a special gift just for you, the listeners of Radiothon. Here's the deal. Spend at least $49 with Horse Lovers, enter radio in the coupon box at checkout, and get an easy roll-up all-purpose...